Good morning on this Saturday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. If you've been joining us, we have been talking about the work of Christ as high priest for us, or Christ uh, being the Lamb of God and uh, Jesus presenting his own blood before the mercy seat, before the, the presence of Almighty God, and how that sacrifice was accepted. And how Jesus now sits and ministers on our behalf as our advocate, according to uh, 1 John chapter 2, uh, verse 1. He is our mediator, according to uh, the book of Timothy, uh, chapter uh, 2, verse number 5. He is our intercessor, according to the book of Hebrews and Romans. And he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Now... What we want to look at this morning is basically a continuation of what we had looked at uh, before. Uh, Yesterday we talked about those individuals who came under judgment because of the, the issue of the incent. It was either not prescribed that they would be able to present it before God and or uh, they thought that they could do it themselves or it was a strange fire uh, that was used. Uh, That was according to the Old Testament pattern and one of the purposes of it was to avoid judgment. If there was sin, trespass in the land, transgression, any of these things, iniquity, then uh, it needed to be purged. Normally on the Day of Atonement, it was done. But also we saw that the uh, incense was put in a little censer. And what that would do, and this is the, the shadow behind it, that it would create a little cloud of smoke so that it would cover the the people or cover the individuals So that in a way, uh, God was saying, okay, you know, your sins are covered. I I don't see them. Uh, I'm a holy God. You can't see me without there being uh, some type of consequence. Uh, The only one that really truly had ever seen God was uh, Jesus because of the way that he walked in truth. He walked in faith. He walked by the Spirit of God. He, He walked in in righteousness. Now, that is one of the things that is a very key factor in our lives as a believer. Sometimes we'll read, sometimes we'll quote scripture, but in reality, it just kind of like passes over our head. But I want to visit some old scriptures that are very common and frequently used uh, and quoted by individuals. But let's uh, break them down today a little bit more to help us understand uh, the life and the walk that we are to have before God. Now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, this was used in the context of uh, Jesus explaining to them how the Gentiles and how people seek after things of food and clothing and and whatnot. 
and they get overly concerned about the possessions of life of which Jesus has said that a man's life does not consist in the possession of things that, that he has because in reality God is the possessor of heaven and earth the cattle of a thousand hills is his everything is his everything is his when you really look right down to it whatever is made in this planet of part of what the planet is it's the lord's whether it's gold whether it's silver whether it's cattle whether it's food everything is his including even the oil that is uh, such a big deal uh, today in the time that we live now it says seek ye first meaning that has to be put primary it has to be uh above it 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 means that it's something in your time and your place and your order of things of importance it is the beginning and the chiefly thing that we are to do first of all seek the kingdom of god so we have to find out what the kingdom of god is I'm not going to go into explaining all the realm and all the theology behind it. But sip, simply seek ye the kingdom of God. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what he preached. That's what John the Baptist preached, that the kingdom of God is at hand. Then, then Jesus uh, uh, took it a little further. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. It doesn't come with outward signs of, 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 hey, look, here's a sign that says this is the kingdom of God. But it is something that is in you that is working itself out in us. And then eventually, of course, we will have the millennial reign of Christ and the new heaven and the new earth uh, where God himself and Christ and we the bride or the church or the believers will be in his presence forever uh, serving, worshiping, and loving and praising God. But it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek the principles. Seek the patterns. Seek the commandments. Seek the rulership of the kingdom of God in your life first. But it doesn't stop there. He adds this little emphasis. And his righteousness. Stop and think about that for a moment. Why would we want to seek his righteousness? Or why would Jesus say, seek his righteousness? Righteousness is your right standing before God. It is our justification, just as if we had never sinned before. How is this done? How is it accomplished in our lives? How does it come to pass? How do we know that we're walking in righteousness? And then the result that it says there, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, in the New Testament, in chapter 14, and verse 17, the Apostle Paul says this, for the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. Now, of course, he was talking about the Old Testament shadows of the sacrifices and the drink offerings and all the things that they did, uh, all the things that were required of them as part of, as part of their uh, belief. It was part of their culture, part of their 
custom. It, it was it was the ceremonies that were given by God that they were to follow uh, to a certain degree. Uh, they they needed to do these things, but of course they were all nothing but shadows. They were all types of that which was true and that which was to come. So it says in Romans fourteen seventeen, for the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but righteousness. See, we find that exact same word that was used in Matthew six thirty three. We find it once again being used here. Paul goes on to emphasize that the kingdom of God involves righteousness. It involves peace, peace with God, peace with ourselves, peace with our fellow man. And it involves joy in the Holy Ghost. Uh, You have to take a, a little step back and think about this one. Where the Bible says that there is more joy in heaven and the angels rejoice when one sinner repents than for 99 righteous men. In other words, there is joy in heaven. There is joy. There is peace. The the kingdom of God within us is supposed to work out peace and it's supposed to work out a joy in the Holy Ghost but also it's supposed to work out a righteousness. Now, this we can see in Isaiah 32, 17 that we've looked at before, and we'll look at it again. The work of righteousness shall be peace. If righteousness is working in our lives and we're walking in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we're walking in the righteousness of the kingdom of God, if we're walking in his righteousness, then there will be peace. I'll read it again. Isaiah 32, 17, the work of righteousness shall be peace. And that is something that is very difficult for even believers to walk in because of sudden changes, circumstances, conflicts in life that come that our peace literally is taken from us. But if the work of righteousness is working in us, it's an effectual work, then we will walk in a peace knowing that whether it's now or whether it's futuristic, at the present moment, we are and have been made righteous by Jesus through his sacrifice And we are in a right standing with God. There is no reason to fear a future judgment. There is no reason to be afraid and walk in in a concern that, hey, you know, uh, I did wrong or I lived wrong or I'm not living right. And and that peace is, is gone. It's gone because there is a broken fellowship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. But as long as we're walking in His righteousness, there is a confidence. How do we know this? Because it says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness is going to be quietness and assurance forever. See, it's not something temporary. Righteousness is a 
right state of being that right now as a believer, we walk in before God so that as we come into fellowship with him, as we come and praise and worship him, as we come and fear and honor and respect him, as we come before his holy presence in prayer or intercession or petition or supplication, there is a work of righteousness that has been accomplished in us that we can stand before a holy God and sense that we are holy before him too. And he's not looking at us like, okay, you know, there's something wrong with you. There's sin. I'm going to have to whack you in the head. No, there is a work of righteousness that affects and affects the peace in our heart, in our mind. The book of uh, Philippians put, puts it this way in, in chapter 4. It says, in nothing be fearful, in nothing be anxious, in nothing be afraid. But in everything through prayer with thanksgiving, made your requests be made known unto God. Whether it's uh, petitions or supplications. And the peace that surpasses all understanding shall garrison and guard your minds. This this peace is necessary and essential in our lives also. The scripture says, Be still and know that I am God. How can we be still and know that He is God when the earth quakes, when the earth trembles, when the mountains are removed and the, uh, the sea creates tsunamis? We have a tendency to be fearful. But in him there is a peace. Jesus says, I give you my peace. To give us his peace means that it had to have a work of righteousness involved in it. A peace and a joy. A joy that is full because our requests and our prayers are heard and they are answered. And the end result of that is that we walk as the effect of righteousness. We walk with quietness stillness in our lives and confidence and boldness towards God because of what that has accomplished in us. Now, I see that we're running out of time, but we'll look at John 16, verse 8 tomorrow and onward, where it talks about when the Holy Spirit will come, some of the things that he's going to do, he's going to deal with in the life of the believer and the life of the sinner. He's going to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Notice how those three things are connected together. Sin that separates us from God, righteousness that makes us in a right standing before God, and of any and all judgments and impending judgments that uh, will come, uh, uh, how they are affected by walking and living in righteousness. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly and fully bless you. Keep looking up. Our Redeemer comes soon. Amen.